So you took a shit off of a cliff? Oh, Danny, you can't say it publicly like that. Yeah, I did. How I was did. that? Was that like cathartic? Yeah, life changing, bro. No, life changing. I, I wouldn't say life changing. That's that's a hyperbole. I I would say um, it was cool in that I didn't think I'd ever do that. Yeah. Um, it was cool for the moment. It was more like um, I, I I I went on a trip, a very long trip, where. Um, for the first stint of it, I was camping in Utah, solo camping in Utah, and at one point I climbed a mountain, and I was just so overwhelmed and happy that I had completed this hike that I felt like I needed to cap it off in some way because it really was very taxing. It was very difficult. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it, so I wanted to cap it off by doing something that would like really be a good end to the story, um, and so yeah, I I like nuzzled up close to the to, to the edge of a cliff. And I, uh, the shit. Did you, but did you ever feel like at any moment you could slip, fall down, lose your life simply no. because you were pooping? No, no, no. Oh, it was, okay. it was, it was more like a, um, oh, how do I say this with like, like not too much disgusting detail. It was more like a, whenever it, uh, exited. Yeah. Um, it was more rolling down before it fell rather than a, like I was still holding onto a branch. What I'm picturing is like, like an this, animated this gigantic cliff, you yeah, know, like a Grinch style cliff. Exactly, precisely. Right. And that's not the case. No, oh, it, okay. it was absolutely a cliff. Yeah. And I, if I was to fall, then that would be yeah. probably but more death. of like an incline as opposed to. But an there was definitely yes, yeah. There, there was a way that I could have caught myself if things went south, literally south. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, but, but I was holding onto a branch at the time. You're absolutely correct. Yeah. And that's, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Congratulations. I don't know if I want to be thinking about cookies. Yeah, but, yeah. but no, but congrats. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. It, um, it was exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh-huh. And, and how, uh, and how, how was, how was not, how was not doing that? Uh, that? I'm, I'm jealous. It, it feels like, you know, I still have shit left to do. And so, that's uh that's the something. next the next cruise that'll be the, the bucket list we'll, item we'll we'll, we'll see you probably get taken off the cruise probably somewhere on the poop deck you know nice i'm gonna give you a uh camera um a, a little bit of camera love <laughs> with that fist bump let's talk about jordan right. peele's newest film let's do it. uh came out in the year of our lord 2022 starring daniel kaluuya and kiki palmer uh nope it's a Mystery, horror, sci-fi, thriller, suspenseful film. Uh, and it's it's largely about an unidentified flying object and takes place in Agua Dulce in uh, California on this uh, horse farm. And uh, essentially people, you know, a large part of the film trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And uh, eventually they do. And so uh, <laughs> it, it boils down to this sort of like, can we, can it's we like just borderline say heist film towards the end, which is that fantastic. there's going to be a shit ton of spoilers in this episode. Oh yeah, so, for sure. So if you for haven't sure. watched it, then that's that's just a that's just a yeah, that's given. on you. That's on you, chief. Great. Okay. Um, but um, what I've grown to enjoy, right, is that when we watch this film, it's still in theaters presently, even while we are recording. Yeah. Right. So Mac, I want you to actually tell me about your theater experience. Were there sure. a lot of people in the theater? Did you watch it when it first came out? So um, I was, was it actually, interesting? I was actually in LA uh -huh. um, whenever I saw it and I saw actually the premiere. Um, wow. Not like the one with the celebrities, but <laughs> I saw the premiere at, um, at a downtown LA, um, 
like, I might have been the AMC. I'm not entirely sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, and it was it was cool because it was a room full of people that um, are excited for the film. Oh, I imagine. extremely excited. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it, it it being the it was like I think it viewed at like. 11 p.m. or something crazy like that. Oh, wow. Like it started very, very late because yeah. it was the day before that it was like it, it, it was its release date. Um, and yeah, I, I it was fun. Um, it was a huge theater and um, I really liked being able to see it with that many people because and, and, and same with us and Get Out both. And I'm really glad that we talked about those in past episodes because now we can kind of use those as reference points like that. that those were mm-hmm. that was kind of the purpose yeah. of us doing that. So in that, I think just like the others, all of the Jordan Peele movies were heavily benefited by viewing them with full audiences mm-hmm. um, and making it like more of a community experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a Jordan Peele thing. I'm not sure if that is a a horror movie or thriller movie type thing that it's easier to see with a whole audience. I'm not sure if that's just a movie thing. If I all think, movies need to be viewed like honest, that, I, honestly, I, I, God, I don't know. I think it. it's a sort of community thing, right? Yeah. If, if let's let's look at it in this context, right? At least for you and I, where we come from a theater background and before that a sports background, right? Yeah. And those are two atmospheres that really thrive on this sense of community, right? Sports in terms of fans, right? Fans inside of a stadium or an arena, and then with theater, right? Like when you're an actor, when you're performing on stage, so much of what's happening more so than you would think is being fed, you know, fed on from the audience, Mm -hmm. right? You, You know, a lot of laughs or just a lot of exciting gasps or sounds like you as an actor, you're feeding off of that actively, right? You're actively listening to that the whole time. And so I think a large part of course to a movie's enjoyment is that if you have some sort of communal experience, you know, then you get to really enjoy it. Right. Like, like this is a very specific example, but the handshake in Predator, right? Where Arnold Schwarzenegger oh, and so right. Carl Weathers duke it out with their gigantic biceps. It's the best. I still have that video. The best us. shot in film history ever. Yeah. There, I said it. Sizzle serve. Uh, <laughs> it's the best shot in film history ever, but what makes that shot better is the communal experience of everybody in the room being like, yeah, but if you're watching the movie by yourself, you'd be like, oh, that's, that's funny, <laughs> you know, but, it, but yeah. it lands differently. And so that's very enriching and very cool. And that's uh, great to hear that there was a strong communal aspect while watching this film. Did you get the sense that everybody there was enjoying it as well? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I, everyone that I saw it with and everyone that was in the theater um, was really invested, was very yeah, invested. Yeah, and yeah. Um, to a point where, as per usual, they were calling out things and saying things at the screen. And it was like kind of a fun little yeah. thing. Um, uh, lots of people saying the word nope, but like unintentionally. It wasn't like to be corny or anything. Like sure. it was just because that's what you say in that yep. in, in that type of movie. Yeah, um, it's wh- what the characters say too. Oh my gosh, exactly. Well, I mean, that, there's a reason that's called nope. Now, do you, uh, did you have a similar experience? Did you have a similar community type experience? There was maybe like eight other people in the theater. I oh. watched it yesterday from, from <laughs> this, oh, this okay. moment of recording. Now, uh, what was that like? And were those people actively involved or was it? I don't think they were actively involved i was the only one in the audience where like there were a couple of lines throughout the film that got a few uh chuckles out of me it was something and like one of them was like very small of kiki palmer just saying oh damn you know Uh and that just got got a chuckle out of me and i think i was the only person in the theater at all that ever laughed at the film yeah yeah you know because i think at that point the people who have wanted to see the film already saw the film that's so interesting this was was 5 p.m on a thursday 
Yeah. Like it's just it's a weird time because to go to a, see in film see a film. Like the people, the group that I went to see it with, we still like quote the movie regularly. Yeah. So it's interesting that you got like a couple of lines that you were like, okay, sure, but like we still. Like, the people that I saw it with are regularly like, yeah. five stars, Angel, five stars. Exactly. That's because, hilarious. Yeah, and that's a hilarious line, but that line doesn't land with me the same way. And I think partially yeah. because yeah. I don't have the community aspect. So you probably have a more, much more glowing review of this film than I do. Out so, overall, yeah. So, but, but, but let's get into that. So let's just, first of all, we shouldn't, but we will. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> uh, compare it to Get Out and oh, Us. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is this better than Get Out? Is this better than Us? Oh, that's tough. Because um, it's, it's tricky, and they're very different films. This is are. a very different film. and this I would say this, I, this is, is more much different less than of a horror film. the other two. Yeah, this is much um, less of a horror film, I would say. Much more of thriller, mystery, sci-fi film. More so in, in, yeah. in that department. I'd say so. Um, But I think the navigation of it is still wonderful and it's once again like it's it part of it is like it's a movie same thing with us right it's movies that recall to to past times right so so this movie reminds me a little bit of like sci-fi films from like the 50s and 60s a lot of them being about aliens and like a little bit Which of western yeah. yeah of course and a little bit of western in there too right and then you have us being a lot more like pretty traditional horror film which really had its heyday in what the 90s probably 90s ish yeah. yeah give or take um but like it has jordan peele's own spin on it and also having a predominantly or and or starring a black cast or black actors mm-hmm. um and so it makes you realize oh there, why hasn't there been a film quite like this right like mm-hmm. in terms of like Black individuals being cast of those kind of roles, right? Actually being prominent characters, well, being the protagonist. And I think there was this theme throughout every inch of the movie of uh, taking the stereotype or taking what we yeah. know to be the popular version of this thing and then kind of intentionally breaking the rules of it yeah. or breaking the mold of it. Um I mean, the, the most obvious example being the fact that it is a UFO movie about a UFO that looks like the regular flying saucer UFO, but that's the actual animal, yeah. not the ship. The second that that happens, from that moment on, um, and also in the casting, like you said, every single choice is permeated by this, okay, well, there has to be a twist to it. It's, it's not going to be as normal as you know that as it lets on but but um, it, but then it also enhances the quality of this film and that yeah. it's not ju- like us is not just another horror film it's this movie it's not just another sci-fi film mm-hmm. it does a little bit more to make it that much more enriching special and worth watching and on that um and we're, we're probably going to have to spend most of the second half of this second segment uh talking about you know, what is the purpose of this film? What is it trying to say? Because I think that that conversation is a very fruitful one. Yeah. Um, but on that, I think that the reason that, it, going back to your original question of comparing it to Get Out and Us, I think I like this one um, a little bit more in in terms of just uh, personal satisfaction mm-hmm. simply because um, Get Out and Us had very clear and vivid Social commentary. Yeah. Um, and it was mm, p- 
pretty freaking on the nose with what it was trying to say with both of those. Particularly Get Out. It was particularly yeah. Get Out. And that's Us, not even like... Less like, so, but still, uh, like, definitely it, a social commentary. Prominent. prominent. Right. Um, the, the themes are prominent in those films. With Nope, what I love so much about it is that I feel like Jordan Peele's earned enough um, permission... He's like earned his clout enough to the point where we implicitly trust him. Yeah. Um, if this would have been his first movie, he probably wouldn't have blown up in the way that he did with Get Out. No, I don't think um, so. I think that he could take a lot more risks with this movie, yeah. like he couldn't in Get Out and Us, because he has that audience buy-in of, well, we all love Jordan Peele as a like culture collectively now Yeah. As, in this director role and, and as a writer because yeah. of Get Out and us so we trust that whatever he makes even if we don't understand it at first there must be a you know there's something to it right yeah. there's something there's there's meat to this bone right so like if, if this was the first movie that he came out with and i didn't understand whenever i left the theater i would think that doesn't make any sense well this wouldn't but, blow you know like audience reception and expectation out of the water much like mm. get out right well like what makes get out interesting is that it's a very good movie no doubt but like there wasn't a movie like it before right there are movies akin to nope before it's just it hasn't been done in this way right and, it, and, and, and we know going it. in that he's going to break those expectations because yeah. and he's going to you know and do something interesting with right it. but even more so and, and i think maybe even more importantly is that whenever i'm watching nope if there's something i don't understand i assume that it's my fault not yeah. his yeah um and so whenever i left the theater there were definitely moments or like little questions that I still had that I was like oh I'm not really sure if I understand this yet and my instant thought was oh well like I need to watch it again uh-huh. or uh, I need to find like like a review of this rather than you know not trusting him and being like okay well it just wouldn't make sense let's get into specifics of that what Please. were were there specific so what were the specific things that you when you finished the film were left questioning about perhaps the inclusion of or or the implementation of were, were there things in particular that in terms of the actual plot, I totally hit this mic just now. Okay, I, well, that, I mean that's, that's a penalty a for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think in terms of plot, I didn't yeah. have many questions. Um, they they intentionally kept the story fairly simple, isolated, not many characters. Yeah. Um, with very clear goals and uh, and you know, um, arcs and whatnot. So yeah. that, that it wasn't as much that it was more like. Why the story? What was he trying to say? What yeah. was the message? Like, what is this mm. about, really? Yeah. Um, because they never, well, like they kind of do, but they, but they don't go out of their way to say it outright. Yeah. Um, there, there is, there is definitely an interpretive quality to the, um, to the message of this movie. I think I think I'm with you there for the most part. So when I finished the film, I thoroughly enjoyed it, right? Yeah. I really liked this In terms film. of just like the experience, it was a yeah. fun time. And on a, for me personally, I like this film more than us, right? And okay. that's just that's just personal preference yeah. and I think this I think movie just scarier. feels better to watch, you know, yes. compared yes. to yes. us, yes. Yes. right? Like us is just that is a horror film, and I yeah. enjoy mystery sci-fi more than horror. That, like that's easy it. Easy as that, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's as easy as that. Yeah. Um, I would say I I felt more, and I was like way more viscerally attached to us, 
in like a like body way. Oh yeah, like my just, heart was pounding. Yes. Whereas nobody was watching a little more passively, and yeah. I like was just kind of smiling the whole time. For sure, for but sorry, sure. Go ahead. Um. Well, and of course, this movie was written as Jordan Peele stated to be much more of a spectacle, right? And due to and the concern of the decline of the attendance of movie theaters, we need to talk about that word. But go ahead. We will, and we will get into that word. But I, right when I finished the film. I was confused a little bit, and I'm no longer confused, but I still have this as a bit of a qualm about the implementation and inclusion of this particular arc that revolves around the chimp. Yep, Gordy. Gordy. Yep. 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 So, so at I first I was like, so one of the supporting characters, uh, played by I believe his, I don't, I may get his last name wrong, but Stephen Ewan, uh, oh. who plays Ricky Jupe Park, and is he's actively trying to hold on to the fame. From when he was a kid, right? Opens a little, like, uh, attraction park that is based off of a character that he played when he was, like, 10, right? And so, but he was on the sitcom, and a balloon popped, and a chimpanzee was there, and the chimpanzee went crazy, killed some of the cast, and I think some of, mm-hmm. some of the people in the audience as well, perhaps. And he survives the entire thing. But that felt so out of place and compared to the rest of the plot that it explains his character and his motivations and his objectives and his actions but it doesn't work and it doesn't flow that well when he is not a a protagonist or an antagonist i think though um i mean there's a much more simple and uh upsetting explanation to why that was there but i think it does come back to what the movie is about i agree so it works thematically yeah sorry i should have said that too it works thematically i have found the theme to be like the exploit exploitation of spectacles right right and and, yes and the act and the search and the want and desire of exploiting said spectacles yeah um, and so you have this particular character exploiting the spectacle. And because of this, even through this horrifying, terrifying incident that he probably views as some sort of, you know, self-realized miracle, something or other. Yeah. That he is trying to exploit that spectacle by having it be right. this sort of like hidden thing where he'll, you know, do interviews or he'll be invited to this like family's house for $50,000 because he survived the, the chimpanzee. Right. Incident. But the only reason that he survived the chimpanzee is be- or uh, survived Gordy is because he was the only one in the room that wasn't exploiting the spectacle. Like everyone else there was like, oh, it's and and notice that he was not swept away by the industry yet. Whenever the laugh thing came on, everyone in the audience laughed. Every, like all the actors were like, you know, their sitcom, or whatever. And he was forgetting lines. He was the That's only one that right. hadn't been swept away by That's the right. industry. That's an yet. Excellent point. I didn't even that, that was that. actually the funny enough. My qualms with Gordy and me thinking back to all those moments was what led me to, oh, the movie's about spectacle. That was actually how I got to the theme. Gotcha. Um, which is, I think, maybe the reason why yeah. I'm a little more forgiving towards yeah. it. But I do have a lot of qualms with it. But I, I will I say, um, and some of the visual storytelling still works really, really well. For example, when he's hiding under the table mm-hmm. and the tablecloth is hanging over the table just a little bit. And it's that tablecloth cli- table that is interrupting the eye lines between Gordy and uh, Ricky. Right. I understood that, oh, Gordy thinks that he can't, like, either he can't reach 
through yeah. properly or it's that like Ricky is not looking into Gordy's eyes because right. of the tablecloth like like precisely right right um I don't know it, it's very interesting but once again plot pacing wise it feels it's it's out of place even though it works perfectly thematically it's hard for me to say it works pacing wise in the story of the film Right, especially yes. when yes. at the end of the day, Ricky just feels like a pretty irrelevant character. I right? agree. Like even though like uh, structurally he fills a pretty big role because of like you know his little park and uh, the the horses that he's bought to feed to Jean Jacket. Spoiler, yeah. uh, but and so like he, <laughs> and you know like beat by beat wise is important, but at the same time, on the same token, I could not help but feel like. That was not what I really took away from the film, this particular yeah. character, when even though a lot of screen time and a lot of just time generally was devoted to explaining and building this character. Right. I, I think that they needed to either uh, include far more of the Gordy storyline um, or even just the Ricky storyline yeah. or not. Yeah, have Ricky be a um, more prominent character. It's just that it was character. such an awkward amount of time where I didn't know how invested I should be, and I ended up getting more invested than I should have been because yeah. it was so little payoff and so little, yeah. like, that was truly contributed. Um, and and what, the, what that does also is that it hurts the rest of your cast, right? And so it yeah, it, true. it hurts the and – when, and when I say hurt, I mean, like – it's literally less time devoted to the rest of your cast. Yeah. So then you have this beautiful relationship between OJ and Emerald, played by Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer, respectively. And wonderful relationship. Explored beautifully, uh, right? Kiki Palmer, uh, every time she was on screen, electric. Yeah. Electric. Uh, but then you have a character, Angel, play, played by Brandon Perea, and... He's probably like third in line of being the most important character in this film, but it doesn't and and I'm able to say that he is, but at the same time does it feel like a lot of time is devoted to him? He feels he feels kind of like 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 a sidecar. Yeah. Throughout the entire film. Actually, yeah. no. Yeah, no. He's absolutely this character is a sidecar. 100%. Yeah. And yeah. I and I'm not sure if that was meant to be the case in some capacity. So it really lends uh, OJ and Emerald to shine character wise. But it yeah. was but it was one one of those things that like I'm not sure if all of those side characters were explored in such a way that was efficiently and the best right. done. And mind you, the I film's think... not about those characters. Right. But but they lacked being fleshed out. The uh yeah, I, I think that – excellent points, by the way. I think that um, Brandon Perea's character – remind me his name again? Uh, Angel. Angel, yes. Um, I think that Angel is uh, – he kind of reminds me of, like, a classical, like, Shakespearean fool in a way. Yeah. In that he comes off as and reads as an idiot. And, like, that's kind of the, the humor of him is that he's kind of dumb. But he accidentally has some of the most – uh, profound and some of the, like more thematic lines throughout um, that that really drive a lot of points home. So I think that that might have been his function. But you should never be thinking about a character's function whenever you are, whenever you're trying to emotionally attach yourself. Yeah. Like uh, as a writer, that's important, but it's not necessarily 
what you should be thinking about whenever you're trying to buy as a viewer, right? right? Like right, right, as right. a viewer, you don't want to be looking at characters as pieces of a puzzle. I, yeah, I, sh I should never. I should never be thinking this character is there because blah 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 blah. <laughs> I should just be thinking. Uh, I want to know what happens yeah. with this character. And and how this right. yeah, character participates in the story and like and and what the story should be enhanced by this character, right? Yeah. Uh instead of instead of the story only working because of this character. I don't know. I haven't really fleshed out this take. I will need to think about this. <laughs> um but uh, I think a good example is uh whenever we were talking about theme after we right. saw the movie, um one of the things that uh, whenever we started really like fleshing it out and being like, okay, so what, what is this movie about really? And we got to the whole spectacle thing yeah. and exploiting spectacle and whatnot. And then I realized it kind of dawned on me, oh, wait a second. I was really confused why that dinner scene was in the movie with uh, with the, with the Leeds brother and sister and yeah. the cinematographer and the and angel. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself like, why was that? there like at, whenever they were at the house i forgot house. that scene was there until you mentioned it exactly it's a forgettable scene and it's just kind of there and you're like i don't really know why we need this and then we move on really yeah. quickly it's a, it's a short one i think that's very subtly one of the most important thematically scenes in the movie go on um it because they have a moment where they uh because the entire time they're like we need to prove that this alien exists because no one's going to believe us right and that's why they do it which is a noble cause at first and then they start talking about the money and they start talking about the, the artistic fame, value and the yeah. fame and they start talking yeah and, and he and the cinematographer starts talking about like i'm going to go down as like one of the best cinematographers in history and then angel there's like a pause and he says are we doing this for the right reasons and they all kind of go yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they just move on because like they had lost their ways and i think that that Whenever you really think about what that scene was, you go, oh, man, that's probably the most direct comment that right, they yeah. make on yeah. the film industry and on the entertainment industry as a right. whole is like you get into it for the right reasons. And it's made for like like honest and, and pure and interesting reasons. But all of those are lost when compared to money or fame or I'm going to be the best because it's so easy glory. to be distracted by those things. Super oh my gosh, easy. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I didn't even notice that. You know what I mean though? Know? And, and th but there are a lot of little things that they said throughout the movie that actually make a lot of sense. Like thinking back to them, probably the most direct one, the most obvious one that I'm glad they put near the end of the movie because I think it was a last ditch effort as, as if to say, if you don't understand what this movie is about yet, this is the most clear we can make it with the TMZ reporter. Yeah. It's like that's that's as in your face as you can possibly get with the themes uh, yeah. in terms of like yeah. the mirror helmet and him trying to get the shot and all of it, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's, uh, there's, there's definitely a, a lot to be said about um, theme. And it all becomes so clear after the fact whenever you start like reminiscing on it. Yeah. Um, and especially with the Gordy stuff, like what I was talking about with the with – the, um, like Steven Yun uh, was the, which have, is just how I've heard people pronounce it. Uh -huh. I, I have no idea if that's correct, but uh, that, just a little disclaimer. That's just what I've heard. Is um, that with his character and with the Gordy stuff and, and whatnot, that the more you start thinking about the way it contributes to theme and every individual moment that you got with that aside, it does make a little bit more sense. And you're like, okay, yeah, I'm willing to forgive a little bit more because it's so direct. Um, and I don't think that, getting back to my very first point, I don't think that, Jordan Peele could have succeeded in doing that 
his first time around, I don't think people would have trusted the movie enough because it takes a lot of trust and a lot of faith. To know that thematically the movie is going to all going to line up. Yeah. Yeah. To know that there, that there is a reason for every single moment to be in And not movie. to just assume that it's just going to be some sort of romp. Yeah, because you know? it because it does feel rompy, a lot of it. It does Portions, feel for sure. fun. It does feel like it's there for the adventure quality. Yeah, and, and mysterious as all hell. But it's... Uh, I but 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 to know after the fact that there was purpose reminds me why I have always trusted and loved Jordan Peele so much, and yeah, I'm such totally. an apologist and probably like to a fault, really to a fault. To be honest, I I, I like him way more than I should. Um, but anyways, I would like to get into uh more of the uh Gordy backstory, um, and just talk more about Nope with you whenever we get back. Sure. <laughs> okay, and we're and we're rolling. We're getting into this motherfucker. Um, so uh, I know that we're not talking about Severance, but uh, there's this moment in Severance where John Turturro. Do you know who John Turturro is? The actor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he's in it, and he's like very straight laced the entire time, and talks very straight laced the entire time. And then at one point, um, he gets mad at somebody. I'm not gonna spoil anything, but he just says. You smug motherfucker. Just like that. And I think about it because I've never heard someone say it with A's after the CK. Yeah. You know what I mean? Motherfucker. Like he did. Well, and so, and so, and so I say it all the time now. with it, you know? You smug motherfucker. Uh, yeah, I think about it all the time. Anyways, um, Gordy. So uh, the reason that I wanted to get back around to Gordy is yeah. because that actually was kind of one of the um, – impetuses if you will of making the movie the one of the one of the inspirational pieces um i don't know if you know much about this but uh the gordy piece of the story is based off of something that actually happened um not a film not not a not, not a tv project but in the um early 2000s uh-huh. there was a woman that uh she had a chimpanzee that um, was kind of like her pet, I suppose. Like she, she treated like her son. Yeah. Um, that like kind of took the place of uh, her dead son. Uh huh. Um, and so she was tending for this chimpanzee, treating it like family. It, it, like the chimpanzee would like drink with them and would like hang out with them and like was just one of the, one of the gang. Yeah. Um, a friend of hers was watching the chimpanzee, mm-hmm. and uh, the chimpanzee started getting kind of violent. And so the lady left, called the was like I'm getting the hell out of here. Yeah. The called the owner. Uh-huh. The owner went oh, and no. tried to calm the chimpanzee down and used an Elmo toy, um, but they're saying uh, assuming because it was like furry, the Elmo toy was. Um, the Elmo was competition. No, actually, like the chimpanzee got territorial, um, oh and God. was like mad that. The woman, although it was his mother, yeah. the woman was touching his toy yeah. or maybe like his child. Even though like Elmo was, was saying, touch me, Elmo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Wow. Wow. Harken back so many memories from that one. Thank you, Danny. Um, that the chimpanzee started going absolutely buck wild in this lady, right? Yeah. Um, and sent her to the ER and she barely made it out alive. Um, now... What's so interesting about it is that whenever you find pictures or videos of this woman, her first um, 
like her first time out in public because uh, this was like a national story, international story. That was like this really big deal. And her first time out in public was um, on the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh-huh. And there are a bunch of reports since then about how the Oprah Winfrey show actually very subtly uh, pressured her into like revealing her face and like coming on the show and stuff like that. Right. Whenever she didn't want to. But she came on the Oprah Winfrey show to like in order to do the face reveal. Yeah. Um, to Because people were trying to f- see her and she didn't want to be seen. Yeah, yeah. And she looks nearly... Not totally, but nearly identical to the older version of the sister in the sitcom in Nope. Who um, also survives the, the Gordy incident, but yeah. after she was brutally beaten. Yeah. And you also see her in the trailer. Um, yeah. And that's like one of like the main like kind of haunting images of the trailer is like yeah. the like her with the veil and like you can't because it's face hard to it's hard it's hard to understand that image out of out of context. Yes, but like once you it, when you put it in the context of the rest of the film, it it plays itself a lot more of like oh, Joop is really messed up. Uh, yeah. how yeah. he's trying to really like Squeeze exploit out of this, right. everything that he can right. even. Those like she, this woman is also wearing a sweater that is a picture of herself when she was a teenager. Yes, like in this, it's it's so demented. So messed up, absolutely. Now, uh, all all the way down to her veil was the exact same, and her hat was the exact same Man. as the woman in real life was. Um, but the things that are different about the uh, the woman in real life that they're kind of using as inspiration. And the woman in um, Nope, in Nope, is are actually kind of very interesting in the key details, like the shirt, like the uh, the color. In real life, I believe it was brown or gray, and in the movie, as you might remember, it was pink. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and she also has her like herself on her shirt and everything. Correct. And the few minor differences between their faces and whatnot, you can tell that the biggest differences that Jordan Peele really hearkened on is all of the things that make this woman in Nope a child as if she like froze in time yeah like, as if like that was the most important thing that ever happened in her life and she's stuck in that moment yeah um whereas this other woman tries actively to move on in several ways in real life mm. but it's it's kind of interesting just like but thinking about that right um and yeah, and like I mean, of course, I really wish that they would have gone into that more because I really liked the Gordy storyline. Oh, sure. Listen, okay, fine, fine, fine. I in the vacuum, I like the Gordy storyline. Yeah. But it, don't you think it's a little bit of an issue that we're still talking about the Gordy yes. storyline when the that was a weird breath when the movie <laughs> is not about that at all? Yeah. I, that I sounded yeah. like a freaking anteater just like eating dinner. Just. That's, yeah, that's yeah. what that breath was. It was a little was. bit of a snort. It was like a like a backward snort. Yeah, that was ew, reverse. God, that was yeah. disgusting. I'm so sorry. I, I can't even remember. But like, it, don't you think it's an issue that we're still talking about yeah. Gordy? That yeah. we're not talking more about the UFO? That we're not talking more about OJ and Emerald? Like, I agree. Like, and so I mean, first of all, that speaks to the haunting imagery that is like the Gordy thing. Yeah, and maybe all, because, all every image associated with that storyline, and maybe because like that the shoe that feels oh. more familiar. Yes, there's a shoe just standing perfectly on the heel, and Droop has it in his hidden room as well. What's there up? were some people that were talking about the shoe as if to say like that was a uh, 
clever way of of saying that like with Steven Yeun's character that they they were just like waiting for the shoe to drop and I was like okay that that seems out of the way I don't I don't think that's it. The thing that I kept thinking of during the movie and even still after the movie I, I agree with a little bit is that do you remember the moment in the movie where the bug I believe it was like a it's praying, praying mantis, mantis yeah, yeah. A praying mantis was on the camera right yeah. And for the perfect amount of time where the camera would have been looking at the UFO, exactly. you know, swallowing uh, the fake horse and I think a real horse. Uh, Between that, the moment with Praying Mantis, and the moments with the horses where they start running towards it and they know, like, where to go and, and stuff like that. Yeah. It made me feel like the the alien yeah. had – I mean, again, we have no idea where it's from, so but just alien – had some sort of control of some sort over the animals. Because it, it felt... Because uh, the thing is about the praying mantis is that that felt way too convenient exactly. of like a, like a plot device, you know? And it felt like they could either make it a convenient plot device or make it a specific choice. And I felt like in the way that they handled it, it was a specific choice, which made me feel like the alien was able to not necessarily like mind control, but influence at least the animal to do that, right? It's so, so it felt maybe perhaps, I think this is part of it, right? After seeing Get Out and Us, we trust that it's going to be a specific choice, but after having seen the film, I don't feel like that's a specific choice. Or like if, if it, it is a specific choice to have it just be coincidental, mm -hmm. you know, which feels a little bit lazy. I, I, and I kind of wish that the way they would have brought it back around is that and I think there was an opportunity to do this. What if they would have tied the alien in some way into the Gordy storyline and that the alien had some sort of influence over Gordy's violent tendencies, one, um, two, his, uh, his specific and like gentle nature with the kid for not exploiting him and, and his spectacle because that was the problem with the alien, uh -huh. and three, all of the supernatural qualities of the Gordy storyline mainly and foremost the 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 shoe mm -hmm. the shoe was so strange to me that i was like there must be something supernatural happening with that shoe i think the shoe and was just i started well i think the shoe was just supposed to be this like haunting imagery you know of just like it being able right, to perfectly but it be felt so it felt so supernatural and so impossible yeah. that it felt weird that it was is there. it weird that i was more okay with the shoe than i was the praying mantis for me yes yeah for me yes that is strange to me fair enough I, I, cause the praying mantis, like I've seen praying mantises do that, but I've never seen a shoe do that. Well, and, but then there was also why. the line of like, you know, we haven't seen a praying mantis in a while. You know, I don't know. Oh, like okay, it just sure. felt like convenient for that thing to show up in order yeah. to like delay the events of the plot. They say, whenever they say, cause I remember that line, whenever they say that about the, the not seeing praying mantis in a while, my instant thought is, ah, the, the alien summoned it. And that's what I thought too at first. At first, okay. But then watching the rest of the film, like, yeah. Eh. But I will say on on that token, kind of sure. uh, with, with what you're saying, one of my favorite parts about Jordan Peele is um, that there's kind of a lore to him and his process and his and how attached he is. Mm -hmm. In that, uh, after he made Get Out, he went to I believe it was UCLA. And gave a uh, a lecture, and then he was interviewed and like given like a Q and A and stuff. Yep. And the Q and A though was largely like audience based questions where the students asked him questions. And it's a really really interesting like hour of Q and A because every question they ask is implying that he has made a masterpiece and that he has made every decision with absolute care. Yeah. And 
every time that someone asks him those types of questions, he responds as if he did it on an accident. Yeah. Which is it's so funny. Well, I mean, but like that happens, dude. That happens. No, that Not happens. every single but thing is absolutely meticulous. Specifically with just, Get Out, but it, but sometimes well, sure. you know it's a bit. Uh, what you know that 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 him doing that, maybe not all of it, but you know that it's a bit because oh sure, Jordan Peele is a fantastic comedian as well. Yeah, also that it's like there's no way that all those things accidentally came together in such a perfect way to deliver that message so eloquently. Well, you must I have known. I I mean, but like I'm I'm not sure if that thought is pervasive throughout every little single frame. You know, right? Like absolutely. it's probably like in just much more but, like smaller details, right? Like oh, this would this this would probably work better. Oh, this would probably work better. Like you're probably like, uh, you know, overall you're looking at the big big picture, of course, because you have to. But I'm. You know, I'm I'm hard pressed to think that like thinking about every single little thing at all times. But I think you that's know? what's so genius about how Jordan Peele set himself up with his whole career in stand-up comedy, yeah. not stand-up with uh, sketch comedy, um, and as an actor and whatnot, and also in these interviews and especially that Q and A um, at UCLA, is that now we don't know. You know what I mean? We have no idea if it was intentional or not. Like he he's off the hook. For anything good or bad about the movie, look, I is which is hilarious. I to think me. a good way to approach it is to assume everything is intentional, intentional. Sure, until the writers like, no, it actually just worked out like that. Uh huh. I like, and so, so I realize I just I just flip flopped on my take. I'm gonna have to once again <laughs> That's re-examine okay. That's this. Okay. But I, but I, I, I think I agree um, that there is definitely a. Um, I guess I'm, I'm not trying uh, what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying what what I'm not dismissing the possibility of things working out pretty well uh-huh. uh, in terms of structure or story. But I, th- I think that's also what contributes to why I'm so fascinated by him and his career and uh, and why I, I admire him so much is because he has set himself up in such a way that um, I do trust that everything was intentional. Yeah. Even though he is like made a joke out of it's not, I I do for some reason still totally believe that everything that he's doing is for a purpose. Well, yeah, and then he's secretly way smarter than the rest of us. Yeah, and that like like secretly an, a, everyone everyone on the planet is just like a little bit dumber than Jordan Peele, and he has done very little in giving me that opinion. But for some reason, I think that. And I think it's because of the careful way that he has released Get Out at the time that he did in the way that he did, Us in the time that he did in the way that he did, and now Nope. I think that he has chronicled himself in, in a very intelligent way. And I'm very excited to see what comes next. As well as um, uh, the way that he cast this movie and handled it so carefully there. Now, uh, I would like to get your take on, because you said that every moment Kiki Palmer was on screen, he was electric. Yeah, absolutely electric. Right. I loved Kiki Palmer. And there was a lot of detail to Dan Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer together. Yeah. Well, and, and their relationship, for the most part, was really well fleshed out. And and they were listening to each other, responding to each other really well. They were fantastic acting partners. Like, it's it's yeah. a pretty textbook sort of, you know, give and take when it comes to performances Uh in the film, right? And it's not not like it's not like the best example ever, but it's it's a damn good one. Yeah. And it's like 
They celebrate the victories together. They listen to each other really well. When someone does something that the other person doesn't like, they take it and Akito it into something else. It's it's really, really well done. And so, of course, like, I'm going to find every moment Kiki Palmer is in to be electric because that's just how her character is, right? To be that much more electric person while Daniel Kaluuya's character is much more reserved. Not necessarily laid back, but, but it's like... Uh, covering, you know, his his heart is covering his sleeve. Uh, the other way around. Sleeve is covering his heart. <laughs> Man, it must be a messy sleeve. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, so, but like, so like that dynamic works really well in tandem, and then you add those two great performances on top of one another, mm-hmm. and so it's 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 a treat. It's an absolute treat. Now, this is a question that we bring up sometimes in the pod is uh sir danny are there any steals or reminders in that whenever you're watching this was there anything that you saw that you were either like oh i gotta steal that or things that you were like man they're doing this so well i totally forgot that i really need to be implementing this more in minecraft it's really interesting to look at their relationship and they're they're not estranged but it's like maybe two or three tiers below that right from from one another these, these characters but you can still tell that the love is there. Mm. And so to have sort of love be the undercurrent for all of their actions yeah. with each other, even though the both of them drive each other absolutely crazy, right. to have love be the undercurrent adds a lot of richness to that entire relationship and in turn to themselves as characters so by the end of the film you're absolutely rooting for them right uh in their entirety right like oh when that bombastic music is playing and oj is riding the horse trying to oh, attract jean yeah. jacket and and, the, and and he releases the parachute and it's going and then emerald later on you know does the akira bike stop and just <laughs> and and then Dude. unlatches you know the giant inflatable Jupe, you know, winking, uh, balloon. My goodness, like you're you're rooting for those characters in the moments, but and how you build up to that, right, is to have these characters really breathe and interact and listen and love each other, right, right. When because if you are going to have a character that is just an absolute a hole with very little redeeming qualities, it's going to be difficult to actually like them or root for them. But when you have love, very simply, just be the undercurrent for a lot of the actions that they have towards each other and plays into their respective objectives, and it it, it makes it so much better. Yeah. It makes it so, 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 so much That's better. That's a really interesting point. I, I, I don't often think about the difference between active love and passive love. Um, uh, oftentimes, like love is just love and, and you just kind of yeah. lump it into one thing but you're right the way yeah. they are familiar with each other um but not actively loving on each other is, is yeah. really interesting yeah that and passive love only becomes active here and there in the third act yeah that's it yeah. that's it but it, but you're right it's still present the entire it's time it's absolutely present because they'll still do things for each other or like say things to each other or even look at each other in like a certain way that like indicates you know, the history of their relationship, right? That even though it's strenuous a little bit, it's not completely gone, which uh-huh. gives way also for the rest of the story, right? And and how they yeah. help each other out. That's that's a big thing that, that absolutely resonated 
with me. Um, well, I mean, are you bringing this question up because you have a particular thing to steal? I do, but there, there was not necessarily something that I that I was trying to elicit. But I, I, I um, for me personally, I think it comes down to whenever I'm watching Jordan Peele, so it's really hard for me not to be focusing on Jordan Peele, which is yeah. uh, maybe like one of the faults of his a lot of his movies is that I'm thinking a lot about the way he's doing it rather than I the see. actors, which I shouldn't be, because um, I'm enamored by him yeah. for some reason. Uh, I was really for me in this film, I was deeply involved with the plot because yeah. i guess there's something about mysteries that i'm just like i just so badly want to know what's going to happen yeah next. and yeah. i know like and what's exciting is like i know i will get answers and so that makes it more exciting so i'm like when are the when are these answers going to happen and what are these answers going to be so naturally oh, yeah. i'm always going to be on the edge of my seat but then in turn i'm thinking a lot less about like the directorial job yeah in this film have you ever seen knives out yeah, I love Knives Out. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, that's like the quintessential yeah modern movie mystery, uh, yeah. murder mystery. Um, now who done it? It's it is. It is a who done it. Um, the uh, but I think the the thing that I would steal um, yep. is that uh, Jordan Peele doesn't operate by rules um, specifically in his process, but also just in the way that he makes stuff. So, for instance, I think that. Um, in like listening to a lot of his analysis after the movie uh, mm -hmm. came out and and um, podcasts with him and stuff like that, it's interesting hearing about um, how if something's not working in terms of like the process, whenever they're working on set, if something's not working, yeah, that he wrote the script so he can change it, yeah, um, and like there are plenty of edits still happening during the process, or um, that he would just like allow everyone full freedom, um, and that if like full freedom as in like input? Yes. Okay. And like anyone can do anything at any time. And the only reason that someone doesn't do something is because uh, either they don't have a good enough reason. Um, that's actually really it. That That's really it. Because the, the, there's, there's, there's not a good enough reason for it. And no one is being shot down because of some made up rule. And I am so bad about that. Because I like structure. Maybe it's because of my vast experience in only education for most of my life. Yeah. Um, but... I think that that has something to do with it. Uh, Mac, did this camera just shut off? Yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. That That's two oh, points two for points. you. Yeah. Uh, well, we may as well just keep going and keep, going, uh, yeah. keep on trucking. But you may as well pull out that penalty board. I think now you're you're in the lead. I think now with uh, one point ahead of me, uh, you know, we'll see who, who wears a costume oh, at the very end. No, actually, we're tied. Look at that. Impressive. Uh, but sorry, Mac, that's uh, it's two points for you, my friend. Go ahead. Um. No, I, I actually can't remember what I'm saying. This is this is the issue sometimes of uh, doing this uh, podcast right after uh, you get off of work. It's just fried. Uh, you're exhausted. You're fried. You're you're absolutely no, fried. Uh, oh, but Jordan Peele is a director. I think yes. part of it has to do probably this is just a theory, hypothesis, perhaps a thought. Um, his background in his background in in sketch comedy and absolutely. just like very very fluid. This is just assumptions With and presumptions. Limits. But, but yeah, but very very fluid sort of building. Right, building the plane while it's in midair. Right. Yeah. And so allowing when he's also it. directing and writing to allow that for other individuals like in who are involved in that process as well to to give a hand on the the plane that's being built in midair, which but allows for like flexibility of the moment and the ability to craft something that's that's beautiful that's in the moment. Mm -hmm. Right. Instead of, you know, being so, like, hard-ass, I guess, for lack of a better term, on something that, like, 
maybe it's not good right now. Maybe maybe when you wrote it, maybe the moment that you wrote it, it sounded really good in your head. And the moment you're saying it out loud, maybe it's not landing the way that you thought it would. And it's okay if somebody else has a better idea. Right. Um, I don't know. And it's like something as simple as like, I've always, of course, me, the actor apologist, I've always been a proponent of something like as small as like ad-libbing, right? Just adding your own little like lines or snippets or replies or or like reactions, even if they're like small, particularly if they're small, right? But to like breathe life into this the character that you're being, but it's like, it's the reality of the moment that you're living in. And I find that to be enriching. And so the fact that like he allows the plane to be built in midair and like living in the moment in the creation of such an art is, is enriching for me to hear. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think that hard work shows in this film, right? Uh, and it, it still makes it an absolute treat to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Mr. Lovell. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other thoughts on Nope? Gold medal, Keith David. There, I said it. I said it. It's Bias Otis Haywood Sr. who passes away oh, in the very beginning of the he film. He has one scene. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. This is... I love him. I love him. I love him. And you know why? It's because it's Keith David. It's Keith David. Uh, respect What's to Keith, Keith David. David justice from? for Keith David. Keith David has one of the best voices in all of Hollywood in the history of man. I love his voice. He's... Um, I best know him as the Arbiter in, in the Halo series, uh, which is so specific, but Danny. I love... Keith That's David's so random. He's he's a character in The Nice Guys, uh, starring Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. He's in that oh. film. He's Doctor Facilier in The Princess and the Frog. Fun fact. The, uh... He has friends on the other side. Oh, he's that guy. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Oh, and he has such a distinct voice that I can hear. It's one of those voices I can hear, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Keith David. I love Keith <laughs> David. And the moment I shit you not, Mac, the moment I heard his first line, I'm like. Oh my God! Is that Keith David? Really? And, I, and it was, and it made me so happy. And then he fucking died, died. immediately. Immediately. Almost. Now, imme- I was so upset. Would he- you say uh. that Keith David is at the level of Tony Lee Young in that just the moment he's on screen, it's a gold medal, just because he is? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. I, I respect it. I can respect that. Sure. Good for you. Um, I think my gold medal is pretty evident. I hate to say it because I feel like it's. It's there. It's it Gordy. It's Gordy, man. No, it's Jordan. It's got to be Jordan, man. Yeah. Jordan just did such a good job. Uh, was clear as day. Knew what he was after, and it was um, very respectable. And I and I really appreciate him yeah. for what he was. Is able the pacing to do. of this film good? By the way. Um, I think so. Yeah. Did it ever feel slow? No. To you? For me. Okay. I it was I was I was with it the whole time. Yeah. I think it's because we. Uh, oh, also, whenever they had that, um, those kids come in with the masks. Yeah, that, like, you made made you think that it was freaked aliens. me out, dude. One, it freaked me out, and it was a great horror moment. Um, but two, I was strapped in for that movie. I was ready for whatever that movie was about to be. Yeah, and then it, ended up <laughs> and then it was movie. just kids, and it was a great bait and, and switch, a two, two minute, minute warning. warning. <laughs> what happened? It's just funny the aggression in which we do it now. Yeah. Um, making sure we're keeping each other. I don't want to. Uh, uh, what fourth point today? Um. Now, uh, yeah, Mr. Daniel Lavelle, so we have our gold medals on the table. Final review of Nope. It's really good. I like it more than Us because, I, honestly, it, it's a more fun – it's a much more fun watch than sure. Us. Uh, 
is it a better movie than Get Out? Not entirely sure, um, but there's no other movie like Get Out, so it's not really, it's apples and oranges in that case. However, it's a great sci-fi horror thriller film. I'd watch it again, probably not anytime soon, but, and I, I, I'm not going to say it's forgettable, but it's not as memorable as I hoped it would be, but I think that's partially because of the experience that I have watching it. It being in a mostly empty movie theater with, like, nobody else. Uh, sure. However, still very much so enjoyed it. Uh, Kuya and Palmer are fantastic in it, uh, and I enjoy watching them. And it's a great film, and I look forward to Jordan Peele's next piece. Mac, thoughts? Uh, I thought it was great. Um, I think that it was – it's definitely worth a watch. It's definitely worth a think. Um, after you watch it, you should definitely pay it enough respect to really ponder it, let it marinate. Um I think that it's uh, very standalone, and that I, I think that your preference to it in comparison to uh, Get Out and Us is is just a matter more of uh, genre and taste than it is a matter of um, excellence. Because I think all of them uh, definitely stand alone in their absolute genius. Danny, what are we reviewing next week? So now we next are time. doing this sort of like basis where Mac and I will agree beforehand what we'll watch for the next time and we'll probably be joined by a guest or two for this next episode but we are watching the recently released on hulu television show starring jeremy allen white fx presents (laughs) the bear